Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Joan Biskupic is the author of The Chief, The Life and Turbulent Times of the Chief Justice. Hey, Joan, thanks so much for being here, and congrats on your book. Thank you, Michael, and make sure you tell me how your survey turns out. Uh, Hopefully you are following me on Twitter, because believe me, we will be blasting the results. Let me tell you my... Let Watch me tell you my favorite, your, my favorite part of, uh, of your book. It is the second to last paragraph of the entire manuscript when in the acknowledgments you talk about your parents and their clip files. Will you explain? 
I love that, and thank you for mentioning it. Uh, I've been a journalist for a very long time, and my parents, who lived in Chicago, used to collect, uh, subscribe to the newspapers that I wrote for, you know, the Washington Post, USA Today, and they would clip them out. And as you noticed, Michael, I happened to be the oldest of nine children, so they had to be attentive to many, many children, but they uh, decided to create this clip file sort of inadvertently and when they passed away that uh, you know my siblings were like you know will Joan please take this file and I just could not bear to toss all these newspaper and magazine articles even though as you know well just about everything is now online so during the so I took them I took them to my home in Washington DC uh, where I live with my husband and, and daughter who's actually now in graduate school so she's no longer with us and I would refer to those files, you know, numerous times as I was writing about John Roberts, because, as you probably noticed also, Michael, he started arguing before the Supreme Court in 1989, around the time when I was first covering the court full time. Right. So even though you could have gone online, I imagine given that they were probably organized in chronological fashion, it was a good way for Joan Biskupic to see what you had been reporting about the subject of your book over 20 plus years. That's right. And as I say in those acknowledgments that you so nicely read, I just could not bear to throw them out because they were clipped with my parents' hands. Of course. Hey, uh, so you have profiled Sandra Day O'Connor. You have profiled Justice Scalia. You have profiled Justice Sotomayor. Now comes John Roberts. In what significant way does his personality differ from the aforementioned three? Well, first of all, he is far more guarded. Uh, he's, he uh, was a reluctant subject, as I also mentioned in the book. And he's so concerned about the institutional weight of the Supreme Court on him. He's acknowledged that he would probably be voting slightly differently if he were an associate justice compared to being the chief and having to reconcile his competing conservative views with this idea that the court is going to be, you know, neutral right in the center uh, of American law. So that's that's one uh, part. The other part is that. You know, uh, Justice Scalia sat for 12 on-the-record interviews with me when I was doing that bio, and he couldn't – he loved talking about himself. John Roberts didn't really even want to talk about his childhood, let alone why he voted and wrote the way he did in Shelby County versus Holder, which curtailed the scope of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Well, you've just identified why I I crafted that poll question, because it seems like one of the things that I learned from Joan Biskupic in The Chief is that there's this tension with with Kennedy no longer being on the court. It seems that Roberts feels obligated to be the protector, as you put it, of the court's legitimacy. And yet you also report he really hasn't changed in his philosophy since he was a junior lawyer in the Reagan administration. And those two competing ideas, you know, something's got to give on some of these cases. That's exactly right. And what I envision, Michael, is him inching a bit to the left on issues involving perhaps separation of powers and federalism. But I think given his record on race and how long and deep his opposition to racial remedies has been, I don't see him moving to the left on something like that at all. Uh, You know, I document his switched votes on the Affordable Care Act back in 2012, 
and we see that dispute marching back to the court again, and I could see him, you know, voting to uphold the Affordable Care Act, but I couldn't see him voting to uh, strike down restrictions on, uh, you know, voter ID laws and certain racially redistricted uh, maps that have come before the court. So I think we're going to see two different patterns here, but with him always having an eye to what is the public seeing? Will he be able to maintain that famous line of his, there are no Obama judges, there are no Trump judges, we're just uh, calling them as we see them, you know, the, the umpire that we heard about in 2005 when he was before the senators. You broke news in the book because of your reporting on him having made multiple changes in his view of the Affordable Care Act. So let me let me ask with regard to the ACA specifically, was that him reflecting his view of the law or him deciding he needed to take one for the team because he thought it was important to protect the legitimacy of the court? I do. I think there were multiple factors. And uh, what I write is, you know, perhaps his move was born of a concern for the business of health care, but more perhaps it might, he might have been reflecting his worries about his own legitimacy and legacy intertwined with concerns about the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. You know, perhaps he had a change of heart, you know, on the congressional taxing power, but he wouldn't explain it. And I think what it does, what the whole episode showed is that there are more dimensions to this man who always insists that he decides cases based on the law. And I think that hovering over everything was concerns about the uh, legitimacy and legacy of the Supreme Court in what in 2012 was such a political year. Remember, we were in an election year, and I think things have only become more polarized in America in a way that uh, causes him to take into account many factors in the atmosphere, not just what's in the case right before him. Take me into his chambers. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Take me into his chambers. You're Joan Biskupic. You are profiling the chief justice. He must know you're doing it with or without him. So I guess he figures I have to cooperate, even though I'm unlike Scalia. I'd really rather not. But how direct can you be in your questioning and how direct is he in his answers? Do you have to go through a dance because, you know, well, he's really not going to tell me that. I mean, I I want to understand the dynamic. Oh, it, it was it was very difficult and uh, I, there was a constant negotiation over what I could use. Most of what he was giving me was off the record, and I would, we would work and, uh, on what I could use in the book. So there was a constant negotiation, and I was very direct in my questioning because I wanted him to know what I was learning from the other justices and what my topics of exploration were going to be in these chapters. There's a whole chapter on his positions on race and the Voting Rights Act. There's a whole chapter on on how he maneuvered behind the scenes on the Affordable Care Act. So I wanted him to know and I wanted to see what I could draw out from him. But as direct as I tried to be, I felt that he was always shielding himself as he as he spoke with me, that it was uh, I would I would write at the top of my legal pad uh, Michael, remember, you're there to try to get answers, not to give answers. Uh, you know very well the process of discovery that lawyers go through. And I felt that he was constantly trying to find out what I knew and who I knew it from. So I was I was very careful in terms of how I re- referred to other justices who had given me information. So that was going on. And uh, he, in the end, told me that he felt like he cooperated far more than he anticipated. But but he just was not a, a willing subject, and I, I would kid to people that if there were thought bubbles over our heads as we talked and just one-on-one in his chambers, his would have said, um, I wish he wouldn't ask me my, these questions. I wish he wouldn't ask me these questions. I wish he would leave, and my thought bubble would say, I wish he was Scalia, <laughs> because right. Scalia just loved to talk and talk, both about the law and his, in his personal life. Can anyone really be that personally flawless? 
oh, no, none of us are. And even the chief justice of the United States, who's only the 17th chief justice, you know, we've had 45 Remarkable. presidents and, yep. and only, 17, five, 70, uh, only 17 chiefs. But remember, one other thing that I'd love to call your listeners' attention to is that letter of application he wrote when he was only 13 years old to this elite boarding school where he says he he wants a superior education so he can stay ahead of the crowd. And he 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 tells the, the headmaster to whom he's applying that, that, you know, he doesn't want to just go to any good school. He wants to go to the best school. Best, he doesn't want any right. kind of good job. He wants the best job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's really not a flaw, right? I mean, unless the flaw is ambition. I mean, there's there's like it's amazing. He's 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 been he's led such a central casting existence, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll tell you where where one flaw that I discovered early on. And, you know, I'm using that word loosely because nobody's perfect is the level of distrust uh, that he has engendered among some of his colleagues. Part of it in the fallout from the Affordable Care Act decision when he uh, switched his vote not once but twice, but in other other instances where uh, some of them just don't feel like they're dealing with an, an honest broker, and he's, he's working on that. You know, when he came on to the bench, he was the youngest chief justice in more than 200 years, and he was younger than all his colleagues, and he had far less experience, and so he not much was made of the fact that he was you know, about his lack of managerial experience or his, his age, but he he clashed early on with them, and it's it's been a constant um, process for him and, and challenge for him of working with um, working with his colleagues. You know, I think uh, my audience, those who've not yet read The Chief, The Life and Turbulent Times of the Chief Justice by Joan Biskupic, my guest, might be surprised to hear the anecdote of how important it was that his uh, biography, I guess it was a Washington Post profile, that oh. it correctly report that he'd never been a member of the Federalist Society. Oh, you're, I love that anecdote that you're referring to. We're back in uh, 2001, I believe it is, and President George W. Bush has nominated him to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. Now, that's commonly known as the D.C. Circuit. As many of your listeners know, it's a very powerful court, handles a lot of regulatory disputes, and it's been a proven springboard to the Supreme Court. And he, the Washington Post at the time, reports on his nomination and says John Roberts is a member of the Federalist Society. It's a very influential conservative group that has only grown more influential now that Donald Trump is in the office. And uh, John Roberts doesn't like that he's referred to that way, and he contacts the Washington Post reporter who's written the story and says, you know, I have never been, you know, not now, not ever, have I been a member of the Federalist Society. And the Washington Post correctly reports the fact, though, that he had actually, you know, been listed as part of the membership back in the 1990s. But probably what drew your attention, Michael, is the fact that John Roberts was always watching how he was characterized, what what his uh, media reviews were like, and he would want did not want to be perceived as being too far to the right, just right. because he knew that would matter in terms of confirmations. Yeah, I thought that was a remarkable anecdote. There are a lot of them in the book, and and I take 
public speaking seriously. And I think that's why I was really fascinated to know that here's a guy who was just 34 years old when he first argued before the court. I think you said that he'd argued 39 cases eventually. And yet, Joan, his hands would shake. Oh, gosh, this was another thing that when I found out, I was so surprised. He had he would even into his you know later years as a as a sterling advocate have to deal with you know feeling sick to his stomach having shaking hands he's actually quite shy and reserved as a as an individual and he would overcome all that to present this again kind of seemingly flawless exterior and uh, his his adult colleagues when he would argue would say. When they would notice his shaking hands, how could this be? This is John Roberts. But indeed, he would grip the lectern very hard to control himself, and most people would never even notice that he had that 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 case of nerves. Uh, and it just goes to show how how much he could control himself. A old pal from the um, Harvard Law Review, David Lebron, who went on to be president of at Rice University down in Texas, said that he believed that John Roberts was an introvert who had learned to play the role of extrovert. And I thought there was something to that. (laughs) Um, Finally, you point out he's been on the bench 14, 15 years, and God willing, only I wish everybody a long life. I mean, if, if he's healthy at age 80, there's no reason why he can't still be. He could end up being on that bench for 35 years. That's exactly right. He is no doubt in the early chapters of his tenure. He's already right. um, uh, served longer than half of his chief justice predecessors. And just think, John Paul Stevens didn't retire until he was age 90. So John Roberts conceivably has many, many years ahead of him. And no reason why he can't be chief justice that entire time. Oh, that's ex- absolutely right. He's appointed for life. Hey, Joan, I thoroughly enjoyed the book, and I I think lawyers and non-lawyers will get a great insight. Something I didn't cover with you, but I really also took away from it was it's a a wonderful behind-the-scenes look at the nomination process. I mean, you really get great insight on W's Watch, for example, about the interplay between individuals whose last names are not only Roberts, but Kavanaugh and Gonzalez and Fielding, you know, and and, and the way in which they, they have all known and networked with one another for many years I thought was uh, remarkable so congrats thanks Michael I enjoyed talking to you book club with Michael Smirconish new episodes drop Mondays Wednesdays and Fridays listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app connect with Michael on Facebook Twitter YouTube and at Smirconish.com you can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 